Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Gordon Mott from the Diocese of Columbus. Let us pray. Uh, Good and gracious God, you give us the gift of living as a people in a society. We pray, Lord, for peace among us, for concord and harmony uh, in our nation and in its relationships uh, with all the nations around the world. And we ask that Our Lady walk with us on this journey towards peace. As we pray together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So part of living in a society um, creates this realm of then social concerns. And I think we're in a unique place as a Catholic people living in the American society, um, having both Catholic social thought and then kind of this Americanism Mm. uh, that we live within as well. Um, And then we get to have this great gift of, of meshing it together and seeing what does it mean and how we operate as men and women in this country um, but not only as men and women, but as Catholic uh, men and women. Mm-hmm. So where does – how does all this fit together and mesh together? And it's actually so important that at seminary we have an entire class on Catholic social teaching. Um, and it has various nicknames, and if you know a seminarian, you can ask them um, <laughs> about what we might call that class. Hi, Dr. Day Murphy. Day. Yeah. Um, so just jumping into this, um, I think some of uh, the main places we see this are, uh, in America anyways, when it comes to immigration, uh, when it comes to voting, especially with mm-hmm. uh, every election cycle, we hear about the five non-negotiables uh, when it comes to voting as a Catholic. And then how does this all work out? Because in our political party system, we don't have really a Catholic party. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we should. I don't know. But uh, right now we don't. Are you saying the libertarians are not the Catholic party? No. I don't know. <laughs> joking, <No>. joking, joking, joking. <laughs> um, but as we've, especially beginning uh, with John Paul II, I think, uh, the popes in the political sphere uh, in a global way have been serious voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the, well, John Paul II, his own life, Uh, was so enmeshed in uh, the social thought of the world, right, and in Poland Mm -hmm. and the rise of communism and then his work uh, with different presidents of the United States and and people around the world and bringing down communism and the Berlin Wall, uh, et cetera. So just moving into this, I mean, I kind of said my two cents there about immigration and voting being where my interest lies socially. Yeah, um, I don't know if y'all have any particular points uh, when it comes to Catholic social thought. Well, just going off of the whole immigration thing, any of these topics are so complicated that you know one show or one conversation uh, is not going to do it justice. Uh, and I think there's always going to be two two points that are 
good. For example, in immigration, the, the, the value of human life and looking out for our neighbor. And on the other hand, you have the protecting of one's borders, yeah. right? And to keep your own people safe. And these are two goods that seem at odds with each other, at mm-hmm. odds with each other. Um, and so I think that that's what makes it extremely complicated. Like, where do you draw that balance? Like, where, where do you keep that balance between two goods that seem that are seemingly opposed to each other? So, and it's it's a very complicated uh, topic. But I think that as we discuss it more, I think we can, we, and we must as a, uh, a society, come to some finality on it. You know, or else we're going to just live in division, which is not. Is the opposite of what we want to do. So. Right, yeah. John 17, may they be one. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty far from it, we, I think. We are, you we know? are. <laughs> um, you know, with all of this Catholic social thought, um, I think one thing that we miss a whole lot of when we enter into this discussion is remembering that, I mean, you hear a lot, the right of the person to flee mm-hmm. harm, or mm-hmm. you know, especially in immigration, the, the right of yeah. the person to seek safety, mm-hmm. safe harbor. Um, but with every right, there's also a duty, mm-hmm. um, either the duty of another to receive that person or the duty of the person when they enter into a new society. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think that it's it's in the misunderstanding of rights and duties um, that Catholic social thought really struggles, mm-hmm. um, whether it's uh, with abortion, right, being one. And that's actually one of the non-negotiables when yeah. it comes to to voting, uh, you do see Catholics who they don't, they say they don't support abortion, mm-hmm. but they don't see it as their right to infringe upon the right of a mother. Right. right. To choose that. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think uh, our Amer- American mindset has kind of encroached upon our Catholic mindset, where it's more about the individual, mm-hmm. right? And so if mm-hmm. that person has a right, who am I to deny them that right, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so that that's where it gets a little murky, especially in the abortion debate. Uh, who am I to say what you should or shouldn't do? That's a very American uh, mindset. So. Well, that's it, – it, it's always such a weird conversation to get into, right? Like, who am I to tell that person how to live their life? Okay, um, so are we just going to do away with all criminal law now? Like, uh, right, oh, that yeah. guy goes around knocking over liquor stores. Who am I to tell him – you know, how right. to live his life. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Um, you know, either you are going to be some kind of weird anarcho-capitalist uh, or you're going to say that the preservation of justice requires that laws exist in order to protect basic human dignity. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, this, you know, with that, right, we have we have rights. We do have inalienable rights. The, the church teaches that. The Declaration of Independence affirms teaches that, it, yeah, yeah. affirms it. Uh, but along with that, if you have a right to, you know, does a woman have a right over her own body? Yes, she does. I, I wouldn't argue that. But she also has a duty to the body that grows inside her. Right, right. right? That if if you recognize that as another person, right, um, then there it, is yeah. a duty. And in, in terms of the abortion argument, it really just boils down to whether or not that thing inside the woman is a human person or not. Yeah. If it's not, then you can do whatever you want. If it is, then there's no nothing that can suffice as a sufficient argument mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. abortion. Um, and so, yes, maybe a, a woman does have right over her body, regardless if 
what's inside of her is a human person, and that's not part of her body. Exactly. So, well, but see, so there's this whole idea of private ownership that there's a general confusion about. I think in contemporary American society, right? So, the uh, so in the Catechism, uh, speaking specifically about private property, but we can extend this. Uh, Twenty four oh three. The right to private property acquired or received in a just way does not do away with the original gift of the earth to the whole of humankind. The uh, universal destination of goods remains primordial, even if the promotion of common good requires respect for the right to private property. So I have to respect that you have a right to, you know, take care of your your house the way that you choose. Um, But you also have to respect that that house was given to you it's it's god's before it was yours and it was given to you in order to promote the good of the the whole of mankind um so there's there's a duty that comes along with the exercise of right um so like okay yeah so i've got a right to about how i'm going to you what i'm going to do with my body that's fine um within limits right because we still say don't shoot up heroin or we'll arrest you um but I also have to understand that the gift of life that God gave me is for not just my own particular good, that I have a body that enables me to be, to, to, to have being you know, in the world and interact with other people, that ultimately every life exists on earth in order to make a saint of every other life that mm-hmm. exists on earth. Um, and so then you have to start drawing a very real line, like, okay, well... That baby's a life. And, you know, how do, how do we start divvying these things up? You know, But I think, yeah, and I think what's really, if you like dive into the Catholic social encyclicals, what's really good, what John Paul II was famous at, what Francis was actually really good at too, um, in Laudato Si, um, is, I mean, like with those arguments going from the catechism, you take these presuppositions that a person is a Christian or at least has Christian ideals um, and gift, you know, my life as a gift from God or uh, with the woman, uh, realizing that the the being inside of her is another person. What we have to, not everybody has these Christian ideals, but -hmm. what John Paul II, what Francis is so good at is going beyond what we use as Catholic arguments Mm. and they go to what does it mean to be a person? Right, right. Um, because innate in all of us is somebody made by God, mm-hmm. right? And so, without saying the church teaches or the church yeah, is always yeah. and everywhere taught, John Paul II takes that spiral staircase of, yeah. of seeking what is so transcendent, right? Yeah, arguing from like a basis of natural law, yeah, which is very effective. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. especially as we're in a culture that's more and more separated from these. Christian framework, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. No, absolutely. I think that's. I think that's right. And I think, despite being, you know, uh, despite America having Christian roots, we've really come a long way to being a Christian nation. Yeah. Uh, I think most people now, they are, you know, spiritual but not religious. That's mm-hmm. kind of their thing. Which, in my estimation, that just means that they have an inkling that there is more to life than material reality. But they don't want to commit to anything, right? Yeah. Or live, or, or or if they did commit to something, that would be in in conflict with their standard of living. Um, so, but yeah, absolutely. I think 
J- JP2 and, and Francis, they were very good at arguing where uh, where Americans or where society really is at um, mm-hmm. and not just saying, this is what the Bible says. Well, I don't believe in the Bible, right? That's that's kind of um, where we're at now. And so to, to get to that level of personhood, arguing from uh, arguments based on a natural law, that's absolutely essential nowadays. So. You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. You can hear this show every Saturday at 11.30 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Dalton Irvin from the Diocese of Victoria in Texas. Joining me are Jonathan Torres of the Diocese of Charlotte and Gordon Mott from Columbus. Go Buckeyes. So we're talking about Catholic social thought, um, Catholic social teaching, we diverted there um, for a bit about how this really has to be focused more on the natural law than on maybe ter- church dogma, church teachings, uh, church affirmations. Um, you mentioned, Jonathan, at the end there about I'm spiritual but not religious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget where I read it, but this one priest said people who make that assertion to him, he always wants to say, well, congratulations, you are spiritual whether you want to be or not because we're all made up of body and soul. Yeah, right. <laughs> Being religious is realizing that you have a spirit and that with that then you have duties. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so and that kind of follows along then this rights and duties uh, tandem that that we have. Um, so just going in, I'm going to point out a few rights uh, that John the Twenty Third asserts uh, that every man and woman and child has um, in and Pachamentary's Peace on Earth. He says that every person has the right to life and a worthy standard of living. Every person has a right pertaining to moral and cultural values, the right to worship God according to one's own conscience, to choose freely one's state of life. They have economic rights, uh, the right of meeting and association, the right to immigrate, uh, and political rights. And then right after these rights, which there's all a little more explanation about it, uh, he goes on then to the duties that that same person has. Mm. Uh, the, the duties of uh, mutual collaboration, to have an attitude then of responsibility, and uh, duties of social life and truth, justice, charity, and freedom, and then duties to God and the moral order. Right. And uh, – and I think then, you know, one that you, know, you hear a lot there that kind of sends off dingers, especially from what we live in the midst of uh, with, with immigration, with the idea of a wall and uh, whatever it may be, um, that there is this, if you read the paragraph on, on immigration, it talks first and foremost about the right to move within one's own nation. Mm. Uh, but then wrapping up with if there is some need to escape danger or harm uh, than to even move nations. But then when you move into the new nation, there are these duties Mm -hmm. expected of you. Um, And I think that's where we're stuck right now as an American people. Um, We're only looking at rights of, of other people to move in or our own duties of what we have to do if people come here. Right. Not what can happen in the midst of all that. And yeah. in the midst of all that, as Gordon has once said, messiness and uh, complication, mm-hmm. you know, 
what all can what can come to fruition in there if if everybody does their part yeah i think for human freedom is really like i think underlies a lot of these talks about uh, a lot of catholic social issues um are they free to come and go are you know are we free to just say no uh mm-hmm. And I think freedom is one of those words that's really deeply under, misunderstood yeah. in today's society. Like, are we free to do what we want? And that's kind of the definition of freedom has become whatever I want to do is what I can is is freedom is what um, the license to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And that's really the definition of license more than freedom, yeah. right? We say that in a free society. Uh, or, or we're living in a free society. America is a free society. Yet we do have laws like speed limits and you know mm-hmm. all these other um, laws that keep us in place to function as best we could. Those are obviously limits. They're not limiting your freedom. They're just limiting the way that uh, they're helping you to exercise your freedom in, mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Right? Freedom, classically understood and understood by the Catholic Church, is the ability to choose the good. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... In, in a truly free society, you do need limitations and laws in order to exercise your freedom to choose the good as most effectively, effectively as possible. Um, and so I, I know that was a little bit of a tangent off of the, the whole uh, immigration topic, but I think that, that that discussion of freedom really needs to be in place before we can start talking about you know, the, the rights and duties mm-hmm. of people. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. I think, you know, realizing that freedom is the ability to become the best person you can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. For us as, as Christians, I would be to become saints. Yeah. Right. The ability to become saints, to become the most holy. Yeah. Uh, and that, that means that we have to be able to choose the good. Right. To choose God. Um, and can you imagine a society where there are no limits and laws? Yeah. I mean, that's just that would we would devolve into just chaos. It would be chaos, and you would be living the opposite of freedom. You would just become the worst person you can be. Right mm-hmm. now, we're just all now looking out. We're closed in on ourselves, just looking mm-hmm. out for ourselves, and we're not able to function properly as a family and a society yeah. uh, together. Well, so. what's the first rule you learn in what kindergarten? These are the classroom rules. Why do we have rules? Yeah. To keep us safe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Or you look at like um, my favorite example of freedom is like in a baseball game, in order to play the game well, you have to learn the rules. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you know the rules inside and out that you can play the game freely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, that's we tend to play fast and loose with vocabulary um, in the Western world. And we tend to confuse freedom at, with autonomy. Right. They're like, uh, you know, autonomy is simply the ability to move and do whatever I want. Freedom has to do with your ability to flourish, right? So uh, Jacques Maritain, when he's talking about a just society, he said that society is uh, most just, which provides a framework that is most apt for uh, um, encouraging the the growth and flourishing of human persons. Um and so then by necessity, we have to have rules. I mean, look, you, you get behind the wheel of a car and there are rules that govern. We're not talking about speed limits, right? But like there are rules that govern how you operate the car in order to continue to have the liberty to continue operating the car. Like, hey, can I take my Porsche off-roading? Well, yeah, but for about 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden I don't have a Porsche anymore. Right? I don't know. I've never driven a Porsche. 
The, uh, Is it pronounced push or pusha? Uh, it depends on how wealthy you are. Depends on where, where you <laughs> um, are. Right? The, uh, but the uh, but I mean the point is you don't take a sports car and then go driving in a creek, right? The uh, I mean you can that's autonomy, but now you no longer have freedom in terms of the operation of the vehicle, you know. So like if we're just going to have a, a society that is just going to be completely self determined by everybody individually, um, then there is no freedom by definition. Yeah, this whole. The, the idea of freedom, um, and we were just talking in class, right, about legality versus moral. Mm-hmm. You know, just because something's legal doesn't make it moral to do. It doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Um, specifically in regards uh, to reproductive health, um, the way we were speaking of it. But it goes even more so into, I think, um, we have to look at, yes, a nation does have rights or, or especially as our nation in america that's the lens we look through i think yeah. um even though one professor was famous for reminding us there's no american church we're the church in america <laughs> we are the church before we are american remain unnamed yes <laughs> yeah. he will not be he who will not be named yeah. <laughs> no. um, but i think you know if you think about that that's true that in america as a country we may be able to do some things mm-hmm. um that aren't isn't necessarily okay to do or isn't necessarily the best option mm-hmm. um and that's when we get into muddy waters um and that's where you get to those points where for a long time Catholics were not trusted in the political sphere yeah. because they were going to take their order and direction from the pope right 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 that was John F Kennedy's big accusation mm-hmm. against him was that if he was elected president he would be uh dictated by the pope yeah yeah um, which I don't know how true that, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, there was a, a very, very popular uh, magazine based out of Cincinnati uh, that uh, was very well known for publishing anti-Catholic cartoons all the way up until the 40s, you know. Um, there were states in the law in the United States that had anti-Catholic laws on the books until the 30s, hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, I think I think um, that, that line between... Uh, what's legal and what's moral too really needs to be uh, thought about. It's not really a hard distinction to make, but I think so often we muddle it, you know, and it's, it becomes one and the same. Oh, if it's legal, then uh, then it must be moral or yeah. vice versa. And well, I think that's something that's so – it becomes even more muddy the less this Catholic culture kind of pervades our lives. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, where there's like this pride in being Catholic – you know, um, that used to be maybe or that. And I think there's a reemergence of it. Mm-hmm. But this kind of speaking as a people, as a community of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when we realize that it may be legal, but, you know, it's not OK. Mm-hmm. And we realize that to live in a society um, as a community of faith in a society, we have duties to the other people who disagree with us yeah. to let them know, like, mm-hmm. It may be legal now, but we need to we need to do something here. Yeah, yeah. Or that we have obligations. Maybe what we have in the books can't overturn it, but we have obligations to convert hearts. Yeah, to exactly. see truth, to see yeah. beauty. And yeah. perhaps that's one of um, one of the perks in our American society that because we are given this freedom of speech, that we can 
live out our faith in such a way that it can attract other people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whereas in the Middle Ages, everyone was just forced to be Catholic. (laughs) Yeah. That's a very, that's a dumbed down way to say it. But uh, we are in this new culture, society, where we have to rely on our example to bring people to God, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We can't just rely on the law anymore to get people in church. It's more... How well am I living out the faith to where other people are taken in by my example? And ultimately, this, if you look at it in, in a very broad perspective, you know, you go to the Middle Ages, but you go back further to the early church, to the first Christians, mm, yeah. right? that's what called for conversion of, of these multitudes of yeah. people, was that they saw the Christians suffering persecution and hiding, yeah. but yet they <laughs> still had this joy and this love for one another, this charity, yeah. caritas, that was so attractive yeah. uh, to the pagans. And it was illegal to be Christian. Yeah. So and yet, yet their example of joy and, and love called, really, in effect, a world to conversion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So I think uh, when we realize our role as social Catholics— um, whether that means socialism, going to parties, or social, <laughs> oh, man, socialism that? in, in that's, just society. That's my you know? social Catholicism that I'm looking for right there. And, <laughs> and being Catholic not only at Mass on Sundays, but also... Every day. Every day. Yeah. And every decision you make. Absolutely. In, in your conversations and how you interact with other people, um, you know, and, and how you give of your time, talents, and treasures. Yeah. Uh, and in the workplace, right? Lumen Gentium says the laity or the people who will uh, take the message of the priest to the world. Yeah, right. Um, and so being those social Catholics is is really what we need uh, to bring Christ back into a world so desperately in need. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for today's Seminarian Show. You can hear this show every Saturday at 1130 and Sunday at 1 p.m. and in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.